What's going on, guys? We are back with the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We have a nice little host of topics for you today. We are very sorry that it has taken us so long to get back on the airwaves. We have had a little bit of a scuffle with work and whatnot, but we are back. And Bill, why don't you take it away as you are basically the circus to my Bayern München. That's lovely. Uh, we're going to start with something a little bit different before we get into the topics. We're going to start with things that you may have missed, uh, mainly from the Bundesliga, and that's that Lars Stindl is leaving Borussia Mönchengladbach, and it's going to follow a trend of players leaving, potentially Marcus Turam and Rami Bensabaini, and also Hertha Berlin's annual, let's call it a shit of the bed. They've sacked Sandro Schwartz, and they've got Pal Dardai back again following a 5-2 loss to Schalke at the weekend, putting them rock bottom. But in the Bundesliga, we're going to be having a look at Bayern's unravelling. Has the Tuchel change completely backfired? And then we're going to have a look at Borussia Dortmund. What the hell happened? It looked like it was all going their way, but unfortunately, 92nd minute they scored and 97th minute they conceded an equaliser. And is Marco Royce just a little bit too old now? Before we look at the Premier League, Crystal Palace under Roy Hodgson, Arsenal's title wobbles, and how have the new managers done? I'll give you a clue, most of them, not well. All that and more after this. So you said it. Should we just start with the circus that is Bayern? Who saw this complete meltdown that happened to the club coming before this season? Well, before the season, probably nobody. But if you'd asked me after the surprise sacking of Julian Nagelsmann, and if you go back and listen to the uh, the manager merry-go-round episodes, I think you'll come to the uh, opinion that we weren't really 100% sure what the situation was going to be. And okay, Thomas Tuchel won his first game, that big game against Borussia Dortmund. But... Let's have a dive into into the Champions League. Do we, I, do we have to? I think we're going to have to because it wasn't great, Lewis. No, it really wasn't. I mean, to be fair, Bayern did have the chance to, or they looked to be closer to the 1-1 than conceding a 2-0 for the most part. And then Upamecano has blackout, which, by the way, the racist attacks on him after they were just they were shocking i mean it was just vile what you know fans quote unquote were saying um and then you know haaland he's he was always going to strike wasn't he uh and at that point it, it just went apart bayern could have lost that match 7-0 if it hadn't been for some of the saves that zoma made um also we will touch on this question should there even be, or should this question even be entertained? And that is, Zoma or Neuer? Would Neuer have made the saves? Yes, I know your face is skeptical, but that is question being thrown around right now in the German media. But, you know, if we look at Thomas Tuchel on a whole, I'll read you out some statistics from his first few matches. He's won two out of the first six matches he's played. He's scored seven 
or Bayern have scored seven and conceded eight at the time of recording. Obviously, uh, we right now do not know how badly the match is going to go against City tomorrow. But, you know, I'd be willing to, you know, say if if it's a repeat of of the of the first leg that would be that would be okay even at this point because what they showed against Hoffenheim was i mean nothing short of batshit like you know i'll ask you has the tuchel changed backfire just blunt no i think it's too early to say i know that sounds like a like a proper cop out answer but you think <laughs> I was about to say, okay, let me rephrase. After they managed to get themselves kicked out of the DFB Pokal against Freiburg, and they lost 3 0 to Manchester City, and most likely are going to be out of the Champions League in the span of about three weeks under Tuchel, would you say the managerial change has backfired? Given Oliver Kahn's main reason for Sacking Nagelsmann was, we saw our goals for the season, namely the treble, in danger under Nagelsmann. Okay, when you put it that way, yes, it has. Because in the space of 21 days, most of them have gone. You're extremely lucky. And we'll talk about it in a a moment, but you're extremely lucky that Dortmund are up to their old tricks again. Oh, 100%. I I still maintain that the Bundesliga is far from over and that we are very much in complete... Or I, I almost have confidence in the fact that we would be able to bottle the league as well. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. Leipzig... Potentially with a, a last oh, moment please. dart if, if, towards if Leipzig if Leipzig win the Bundesliga that I think Ger- that would send German football into a meltdown. <laughs> German football as a whole would just lose, lose its collective their... shit. Yeah. yeah. So because I mean Leipzig. Okay, come on. Leipzig are six points off of Dortmund, eight points off of Bayern. Union Berlin have a better chance at this moment in time. I'd love to see that. Oh, that'd be great. But let's not talk about the end of the season just yet, because, like you said, it's an absolute circus. Uh, they lost 3-0 to Manchester City, a one-all draw with Hoffenheim, and it, you know, I'd have had the morning for shooting practice the next day. The aftermath of the City game, it's well reported. I think the only way you wouldn't know is if you lived in a cave. Yeah. But... It doesn't happen very often where a te- where teammates will physically attack each other. And Sadio Mane punched Leroy Zane in the face after the game at the Etihad. Yeah, I mean, put it this way. If, if me or you went into work, had a spat with someone at work and clocked them in the face, we would have been fired. First, oh, 100%. First, just th- point number one. Um, Sport One have since reported what the exact figure is that um, Bayern find Mane for, and that is a whopping 350k um, for punching Leroy Sané, and they suspended him uh, for the 
match of the weekend or the or this past weekend against Hoffenheim, he will be in the squad for the City game. Um, the first question is, is that enough of a punishment? Or as some people have been quoted in Germany saying, should Mane be leaving Bayern at the end of the summer slash made to leave? Because our good our good friend uh, Pleti Gol has since reported that they that there are serious notions within the club that he should be forced out come summer. It's it's a difficult one, and I know Bayern are the supposed you know the fans club, the family club, the. But you've had absolute psychopaths playing for you. Oh, yeah. It's unfair for Oliver Kahn to turn around and say, hang on, Mane, you're too aggressive to play for Bayern Munich when he was a nutter. <laughs> I, look, I, I don't like Didi Haman. Oh, God. That, don't get me started on him. Don't get me started. But I'm, I, I somewhat agree with what he said that the Liverpool players are burnt out because you see it with Liverpool. Yeah. If, if Manny was still there, it would be exactly the same. The, the emotional fallout from the end of their last season, losing yeah. the Champions League final and losing the league on the last day. Give him another season. He's Manny's a, a good player. What you're missing is a target man up top. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd say or see the day that Bayern Munich missed Eric Maxim Chupamoting, but you really are missing that target man up front. Any anyone at this point will do. Like it's not even about the fact, you know, can you win the Champions League with Chupamoting up top? You probably can't, but you know, the city game obviously it doesn't help that you don't have someone with a presence up there because City just, by and large, you've got players like Rodri, Ruben Diaz, John Stones. These guys are all over 6'2", and, you know, not spindly-legged, if you will. These guys are solid center backs, and we've got guys running at them who, at the very best, are maybe six foot. And, you know, they, they, they're they're fast dribblers. They're not people who win you a header and you know city just just looked better in every sense of of play on that pitch so um but yeah coming back to what you said i think it would be idiotic to try and force mané out after one season as well um i do agree with haman that the liverpool players are burnt out plus mane had that three month injury spell where you know to boot he loses or misses out on a world cup with senegal which you know anyone who knows mane knows how connected he is with his with his home country with his hometown even you know how much philanthropic work he's done there for him to miss the world cup in senegal is more than for maybe Leroy Sané missing out on the World Cup if he uh, with Germany if he was injured, I'd I'd go that far. Um, you know, it's it's just it's got more of a symbolic effect. And at the beginning, he wasn't 
even even that bad he had he he scored he was scoring and he he's definitely shown you know with i think it's 16 score points or goals and assists that he has for buying the season which isn't you know it's not amazing but it's not shit either so i think if you were to force him out over that when you know for money he's probably at the most difficult point in his career right now I think that'd be a step too far. I think you probably should have suspended him for more than one game. Because, you know, if, if we're being honest, the guy makes $2 million a month. 350 k is basically like, you know, if it's pocket change for him. Uh, yeah, okay, I agree with that. But at the same time, buying a short of options anyway... Why yeah, hamstring themselves any further? If you're going to do disciplinary action, just do it privately. Yeah. Which, yeah I mean, okay, true. You've got a point. It's turning out to be a bit of an issue at buying this because I was told tale of a mole. Yes, Bill. And um, this isn't common knowledge, but there is the big reveal and you don't know who the mole is. I've been told by colleagues. Of course, now this will be something that uh, would be making waves if... If it actually if it actually got out but i would put it this way i've had i've been told by colleagues that the mole himself is hassan zali hermitage <laughs> oh it's really not you were right i was not expecting <laughs> do you know why why because you know how most of the leaks have been reported by bid well bid have something on it on him yeah Oh no! Is this like uh, Justin Trudeau's uh, blackface? Well, it's that—that's the thing. It, I don't know exactly what they have on it, but bit have been rumored to have a sort of poisoned file where they keep, you know, multiple things on multiple uh, A-list celebrities, if you will. And Stop so, it. yeah, it's, it's Hassan Zadi Hamzah. <laughs> oh, they've got pictures of him playing away. Oh, they probably have pictures of well, like, yeah exactly it, it's you know okay circus okay, this... circus was underplaying it yeah but put it this way the the story about mane hitting sane was out while bayern players were still on the team jet mid-air from back coming back from manchester oh yeah it was on twitter like an hour after the game exactly like there's there is no possible way that that, is, that that doesn't come from a leak. Now, yeah, it has, it has to. For, it absolutely has to. Now, for, now I want to say just one thing. That is a rumor that Hassan Zalihamidzic is the mole, but I could see it very well being the case. Well, there is no smoke without fire. Exactly. So, but it's it's no different to well, it is different because this is the the big man upstairs. Well, yeah, put it this way, but like it's, I mean, the the Daily Daily Mail and and all the tablet like the Sun. I don't want to know what kind of you know poison files they've got on a list celebrities uh, in the UK. They probably do. I would I would expect so. You know, well, TMZ and whatnot. Yeah, well, it was like Talksport last season seemed to have all these leaks from uh, Manchester United. 
And it's because Lee Grant's mates with like 90% of the ex-pros that are on TalkSport. Exactly. He's getting paid to just rock up and train. Like, what does he get? <laughs> so that is hilarious, and we'll keep an if eye it, on it. If it is true. If, if it, it is, is true. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Hassan Sally Hammondsich, hashtag scandal pending. <laughs> if, if it's true. If it's true. This has obviously not been confirmed by sources. It is a rumor. Disclaimer. It is a rumor. But it's probably true. If it and if it were, it would explain a lot. <laughs> oh my god. Just before we wrap up after that mini bombshell, a lot of things have been said and now we're going to come to a quote, I think, from Diddy Hammond, where I, you and I would both agree he just needs to shut up. Because he's been saying that Jan Zoma has been completely, is completely overwhelmed with his duties at Bayern, and that he isn't fit to fill Neuer's shoes. Should the question even be entertained, if Neuer had been in goal, he would have made that and that save? Because a lot of people have been throwing shade at Zoma because of his height. He's not ridiculously shorter than Manuel Neuer. So I think that can be thrown away. People that say that can be poked in the eye. I think... It is a four-inch height difference, put it that way. Yeah, but he's a good goalkeeper. The one thing I will say is he didn't look confident and or comfortable. There were a couple moments, that one where... Haaland nearly got the ball. Yeah, when he's got a, the ball at his feet, I'd say Neuer's definitely the better goalkeeper. So that's going to unsettle any team, isn't it? So, yeah. So would you would you say that Haman is right in the sense because Haman has said, you know, if if as a as a center back, you know, the keeper behind you isn't that confident in that sense, it will unsettle you and maybe even lead to Ubamecano making the mistake because he doesn't want to play back to his keeper. For me, that goes a step too far. Upamecano's mistake is just his mistake. He has to own it. He shouldn't be doing what he did, you know, dribbling at Jack Grealish. But do you think there is an element of that? Uh, possibly. Although one issue in a game shouldn't take away from weeks of training ground routine and he knows he's a good goalkeeper we'll put it this so, way, he, he has been seen to be looking a little bit shaky on the ball not just against city but you know in matches previously and afterwards i think the, the biggest issue is he's not manuel Neuer, which is a ridiculous thing to say because very few keepers are i wouldn't say any keeper is <laughs> uh, yeah okay there's a couple but yeah, but, uh, you know, I think, first of all, every keeper in his own right, you know, is a little bit different. Obviously, I'd say Ederson and Testing probably have the most insane distribution. You could always go through that. Uh, but, you know, in, in the sense, I think anyone trying to tell me that Neuer would have saved Rodri's 1-0 top bin screamer, shouldn't be allowed to to give any any expert opinions on football 
And, you know, by and large, anyone who hasn't been a professional goalkeeper shouldn't be giving expert opinions. And even then, Roman Weidenfeller needs to stop talking about the fact that, you know, Zoma is too short. Weidenfeller, do you know how many batshit goals you let in? Like, no. I mean, Roman Weidenfeller is not the tallest of people. He's 6'2". He's only, he's only five centimeters taller than, than, than Jan Zoma at 188. Zoma's 183. <laughs> and that four inches shorter than you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I think we can safely nip in the butt that whole discussion because at the end of the day, as we already said, without Zoma and goal, it's 7-0. Yeah, if you add Sven Ulreich in goal. Probably 6. You make me probably 6, yeah. So, exactly. But let's leave Bayern and let's go to their title rivals, Dortmund, who, despite being 2-0 up, and against 10 men, threw it all away with the last kick of the game. What on earth? I think at this point, any, any Dortmund fan who still, you know, hasn't put a bullet through their head after watching that or try to gouge their eyes out, um, they have to be thinking, if it's not happening this season, it's never happening again. Because Bayern have the fewest points at this point in a season since 2011-2012. And that season, Dortmund did win the Bundesliga. So 58 points after 28 match days. Fewest points, or sorry, 59 points after 28 match days is the fewest amount of points that any Bayern team have collected since 2011-2012. Think about some of the teams that have been in there. You know, under Niko Kovac, there was... The first time people were thinking, oh, maybe Dortmund could do it. Um, and then Dortmund threw away a nine-point lead. You know, uh, when when Hansi, after Hansi Flick took over. Uh, it's things like that where I think as a Dortmund fan, you must just be thinking, if it hasn't happened now, it's never going to happen. Well, this is, and it has been my biggest criticism of Dortmund for a while. It's just they're that. Un, almost unserious. Yeah. Which I don't like saying because I like Dortmund. But tuning up against 10 men. That should be easy money. You should be putting another four past them. So they would 2 0 down. Konstantinos Mavropanos gets sent off after 35 minutes. Arguably, he should have been, he should have gotten a straight red because he basically he, he tries to pull. Uh, I think I forget who it was exactly, but he tries to pull one of the Dortmund players going through on goal. Uh, Daniel Marlin. Uh, Daniel Marlin. He then can't pull Marlin to the ground, so afterwards he just lands another kick on Marlin as he goes down. In my eyes, that's a straight red. I mean, it would have been a tough red, but it's still you can't complain if you get a red about that for that. It's it's one of those ones he'd already been booked. So the ref's probably just trying to be the lesser of two evils. Look, you'd be suspended for one game and not three. Well, I still think. Uh, well, whatever. It doesn't take it. It that would be taking away from Stuttgart's heart that they had because they kept on going. And Sebastian Hunes apparently has been quoted uh, in his halftime dressing room talking and saying, you know, if they were going to be there, if they don't do anything. We're going to make sure 
that they regret it. That was what you know. He he basically he basically said that they weren't going to do it, and he and he more or less foretold uh, what was going to happen with uh, with with th with that match. Well, here's the thing: teams know that they do it. Teams know that yeah, they they've got these fantastic players. They've got. Exactly, yeah. A talented squad. Daniel Marlin's having his best scoring run since he joined Dortmund. Jude Bellingham obviously is incredible. But this collapse happens every single year. Oh, so yeah. You know, still got equalised in the 84th minute. Okay, that should be alarm bells enough. Exactly. Dortmund get a reaction. Gio Reyna scores to make it 3-2 in the 92nd. Oh, little... Inc yeah, sorry. sorry Incidentally, sorry. had they gone on to win, that would have been another late winner for Gio Reyna since the World Cup, like his fourth late winner or something. Little anecdote for the 3-2. Mukoku, as he runs past keeper, uh, Stuttgart keeper Fabian Bredlo, basically celebrates in his face as he runs past, which is the biggest amount of karma ever. I did see that. And it made me glad they equalised. Exactly. It's like... Uh, Christian Romero did it to Harry Maguire a few a couple seasons ago. Yeah Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham scored and Christian Romero got right in his face and then I mean they lost 3 1. But Lol. so what is the problem? Because we've we've spoken about management, we've spoken about but it has to be a mentality issue. It has to be. Like this is But I we I can't keep ringing that drum with Dortmund. Let's, I wanna have at, to I want to look at personnel. I love Marco Royce. I've got his, was it 2012 when he rejoined Dortmund? Yeah. I've got that shirt in a drawer somewhere. Well, yeah, but put it this way. Lothar Matthäus said at the weekend, Dortmund have amazing players, you know, in their attacking, uh, for their attacking positions that can most definitely sub in for Marco Reus and play better. If Lothar Matthäus is saying that, you know, he said, Marco Reus isn't, you know, the, the unbenchable player anymore. And he is, he definitely isn't a, the first name on the team sheet. And he shouldn't, he probably shouldn't be captain. It was captains, he should at least be called into question. And and he and it, he said he also has he goes on to say it's not getting better with the injuries he's had, and that's probably not going to change because he's also he's he is getting older at the end of the day. I think so, it's just yeah. I think it's just not knowing when to call time. I mean, you look at some of the players that Dortmund have had that have called time: Weidenfeller, uh, Lucas Piszczek, uh, Jakob Blaszczykowski. Blaszczykowski is probably the best one who go, who goes to a lesser league in that sense. Yeah, you know he goes back to Poland and he he plays football still, but it's there is it is watching that player that you used to love watching. Yeah, essentially fall to pieces. But, and, I mean, it is just shit that he he got so many injuries because if you you know you take away his injuries, he's probably one of Germany's best players. At, for the last 10, 10 years. But never played at a major tournament. 
Exactly. There's all, it's always if, ifs, buts, and maybes, you know, it's, it, it always, it's, it's what could have been Royce's Royce. The title of Royce's career is probably just what could have been because, you know, if we're talking the silverware that he's won with Dortmund, he joined Dortmund right when Bayern's 10 year reign over the Bundesliga started. He won. He's won two Dave Bapelkais with Dortmund. That's all well and good, but Dave Bapelkais, you know, at the end of the day, just like FA Cups, they are silverware, but everyone knows what the real prize is nationally. Yeah, and you can say the same about Matt Summers. My opinion of Matt Summers was he should have just retired. Probably, at the end of the day, he just because, is getting too slow. Because you're just you're destroying what legacy you had i'm not suggesting that marco royce is going to be turned on but it will be that thing of yeah he was good but i remember the end yeah exactly you don't it, it's almost like a charlton heston uh deal everyone remembers him only as the the president of the nra and not for the fact that you know he was once upon a time uh a relatively gifted actor who also helped with the civil rights movement so to speak there we go. That's that's a new one. Marco Royce, the Charlton Heston of German football. <laughs> Saying it, it sounds oh, that, that, that sound that sounds so bad. That sounds so unbelievably harsh. But at the uh, end of the day, yeah, you just don't want it to you just don't want it to go to pieces. But I mean he it, it just is it is just rotten luck. His injury record is just rotten luck. And that's probably the reason I'd say that he hasn't fulfilled his potential ever. Well, there we go. Let us know any other players that you hated watching grow old. And uh, let's leave Germany and take a trip across to the Premier League where an old man is teaching the young dogs some new tricks. Well, you said it. Old man teaching the new dogs new tricks if uh if 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 that makes any sense roy hodgson at crystal palace it's been a complete revival of that side just just take us through through some of the key points in the last few weeks well there was a lot of discourse i want to say around the sacking of patrick vieira because yeah, they didn't yeah. there didn't seem to be a plan yeah. And when they brought Roy Hodgson back, it was, oh, okay. Here this we go is where, again. This is where we're at, is it? Um, and it speaks volumes about Roy Hodgson. He's broken the oldest manager in the Premier League record uh, three times. <laughs> when he was first appointed at Crystal Palace, uh, then when he was appointed at Watford, and now he's back at Crystal Palace. Jesus Christ. I, that's that in and of itself. Top but, draw. but they're looking good. You know, they beat Leeds 5-1. I mean, yeah, that's... Did, yeah. I mean, you've got, to beat, right. you've got to beat them. They put two past Southampton. But he's playing players that Patrick Vieira... I don't yeah, know. It did, didn't like, didn't fit the way he wanted to play. So, uh, Abereze, for example, scored two against Southampton. Yeah, like, like the get... players... Yeah, like the players who, who he couldn't get... Patrick Vieira couldn't get the full potential out of, so to speak. Exactly. There's one particular I want to look at, though. Um, not necessarily saying it's, it's down to Roy Hodgson, but Jordan Ayew, 
the brother of Andre, has a shocking goals to game record as a striker. It's not great, is it? <laughs> it's not fantastic. So before the two goals against Leeds, which were both good goals, by the way, uh, it was five in 105 games. Good God. Um, that guy's still allowed to play up top. <laughs> in total for Crystal Palace, it's 32 in 232 games. Oh. That is, give or take, a goal every 7.25 games. It's not great, no. Uh... I, I'm not sure he's a striker. But then he'll score that ridiculous goal like he scored. It was either Burnley or I think it was West Ham or Burnley, some team in Claret and Blue, where he it. sort of <laughs> spins it around, flicks it over. It's like, so you clearly can do it. <laughs> and it just reminds me of, I've spoken about him before because I'm obsessed with El Hadjouf. Yes. Serial spitter, El Hadjouf. <laughs> Six goals for Liverpool. Only once in his entire career scored 10 goals in a season. And that's a career spanning 16 seasons. It's just not something that any striker wants to see. Like, put, put it this way. Hans-Jörg Butt, as a goalkeeper, has 26 Bundesliga goals to his name. Yes, probably because he took the penalties, by and large for most of the teams he played. But still, just put it into perspective. Hansik put 26 goals. Jordan Ayew, 32 goals in roughly about the same amount of matches. Uh, look, Palace are 12th. Okay, they got 36 points. So I'm, I'm going to say... They're safe? They're, they're probably going to be safe because... I think it's probably West Ham down. So West Ham leads Everton, Forest, Leicester, and Southampton. Of which, Leeds, Everton, Leicester, and Southampton have changed managers. Uh, it's not working at Southampton. Uh, Dean Smith's only had one game, and that was against Man City. So we'll, we'll give him some time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's working with Deitch and Everton because it's just. It just seems to be more of the same. It's not really getting any worse, but it's not gotten any better. Uh, having Grafia at Leeds, 5-1 lost to Palace uh, two weeks ago, and then 6-1 lost to Liverpool. Both at home. Like an well, aggregate score across both those games of 11-2. Yeah, that, put it this way, that's just, that's just not a stat that any manager wants to see. But, I mean, you're teeing me up beautifully for our next little round of topics, which is a look at the managers who've been brought in by the, you know, quote-unquote big six sides, namely the two London clubs, Tottenham and Chelsea. So, first, let's take a look at Spurs. Would you say it's really going better? No. Of course it's not. I, I just thought I'd give you, I just give you, you know, a little bit of a ramp to start, you know, slagging Spurs off again, you know, as, as we oh, do. Well, sorry, let me uh, take a, a step back, a run up, and I'll dive headfirst into this Bournemouth at the weekend. Lovely. So, 
<laughs> Again, it just wasn't that Giorgio Chiellini interview just comes to mind. It's like this is the history of Tottenham. Because it is. Look, you go you go one nil up, okay, through Son, playing some really good football to begin with. Yeah. And then just sit off. It's back yeah, away it's... and don't bother. Did exactly the same thing against Southampton, which ultimately turned out to be Conte's last game. And in the 88th minute, Dan Juma, who incidentally used to play for Bournemouth, made, made it 2 all. Okay, okay, it's not a great result, but you've salvaged something when you've not played well. Well, yeah, but I mean, this this has Dortmund-esque vibes of the weekend. It does have Dortmund-esque vibes of the weekend. The only difference is Bournemouth went right down the other end with almost the last kick of the game and won it. <laughs> And oh, okay, geez. look, look, we we do like stats here. We do like oh, suffer stats are coming. Of all the years that Daniel Levy has been at Spurs, all the managers that have come and gone have won sixty-three trophies before and after they've left Spurs. <laughs> oh, right between them, at Tottenham, they've won one, and that was one day Ramos in two thousand and eight when he won the League Cup. That's not good enough. Cup. Jesus. Think about the managers that Tottenham has had as well. We're not talking crap managers. Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte, to name just a few. Pochettino arguably should have won something. Oh, but but it's okay because they'll always have that magical semi-final comeback in Amsterdam. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry but sorry, magical semi-final comeback. If I was, if I wanted to keep going on about magical semi-final comebacks, you know, if that's the only thing that you've got going for you, they you may not have, have a look at, they may not have on. a major trophy, but Harry Kane's one of their own, even though he's an Arsenal fan. <laughs> Which somehow is being, you know, it, it's been very well kept or it has, it's been downplayed, I think, by a lot of this person. Like, you would think it either turns to animosity towards him or they just say, oh, they, they just kind of, you know, swoop it under the rug and say, like, ah, you know what? He's one of our own anyway. He's been, he's been with us for so long. It doesn't matter. Like, That's probably it. I think it's just the fact he was a kid. I mean, put it this way. You never, one, if when you're a kid, you never really forget who your who your club is, do you? Just 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 throwing that out there. <laughs> no, I haven't. Exactly. Let's... I I sadly haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave Tottenham. Let's talk Chelsea again. Another loss tonight against Real Madrid. That's four 0 on aggregate. Fine. Okay. I didn't think they were ever going to win that tie, but Frank Lampard. Oh, come on. Give us give us a slap for stats again. It's, Go it's on. Four games, four losses, one goal scored now. Uh, and the entirety of this season, so let's not forget he was sacked by Everton as well. <laughs> uh, Lamps has a win percentage of 6%. That's one more than five, one less than seven, 6%. But it's okay. Because S-I-S, he knows the club yeah. and he knows he knows the dressing room, he knows the club, it's fine. 
it's just comical at this point. It is just plain comical. 6%. Just have to let that figure go through your head. He's won 6% of his matches this season. Six. That's unbelievable. Hang on, Lewis. Can, can you hear the door? <laughs> just, uh, just, just open that door and let that sink in. 6%. And you're moaning about Thomas Tuchel. And he's got a win rate of 40%. Nah, two out of six isn't quite 40 well, near enough. We we never were math whizzes, were we? <laughs> no. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> um, and uh, just yeah. before we before we finish with Arsenal, uh, Todd Bowley's getting his nose stuck in, presumably where it's not wanted. Uh, Frank Lampard said he was asked about it. Uh, Todd Bowley gave a speech in the dressing room after the loss to Brighton at the weekend, <laughs> which incidentally is fucking jokes. Because they took their manager and they got another manager who's better than the one they already had. I'm sorry, Todd Bowley, you said it as well last, I think last episode, wouldn't trust him to run a bath. And then he goes into the dressing room with, I would dare say, the amount of football knowledge that maybe even a toddler doesn't have. I was going to say, there's some pretty intelligent toddlers out there when it comes to football. I was about, yeah, exactly. There, there are babies who probably have more knowledge about football than Todd Bowie at the, of, at the end of the day. Because, uh, and he probably gave some kind of, you know, we got to have a lot of heart, you know, a lot of fight. You know, we'll, 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 we'll win these, 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 these three points with three goals. I'll put it on our Instagram. There's a fantastic picture of a fan in the upper, upper, uh, upper tier. Yeah, looking over Todd Bowley's box and hurling dogs abuse at him. <laughs> and Bowley's just sat there looking straight up, like, yeah. This it's like happening. that sort of record scratch. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and talking about things who don't know how they got where they are, Arsenal is still top of the league. But after bottling two leads in two consecutive matches, Bill. Exact two, two nil leads against Liverpool, which I think, okay, at Anfield. You can, it, there are worse things that, that have happened, yes. I mean, we, we don't have to think back to what happened to uh, your club, Bill, at Anfield this season. Um, Cheers for that. <laughs> sorry, that was so vindictive. <laughs> <laughs> but the the shocking one is is the West Ham one that happened at the weekend because they were two 0 up in like eleven minutes. West Ham are playing the one of the worst seasons of the last last few. You know, David Moyes' head is routinely on and off the chopping block, and they went two 0 up, and something just clicked. Or switched off like it did against Liverpool. Yeah, the intensity just went. Heads just gone. <laughs> you know, Bukayo Saka missed a penalty. It was an awful penalty. Uh, it really hurts because this guy's already missed. You know, probably one of the most important penalties of his career. You know, a couple of years ago, or is it already a couple of years ago? Jesus, yeah, it is. Oh, we're getting old. Anyways. Yeah, this guy, you would argue that he's already missed enough penalties 
for one career that you know are potentially title deciding um yeah i mean west ham like i said they're playing one of their worst seasons in the last few if if we're being completely honest uh how they still have a player like Declan Price in their in their squad it, it, just battling they are just 15th four points off of the relegation zone and arsenal you know still are top of the league but now just a mere four points off of city who do also have a game in hand so well here's here's the thing they play each other uh next wednesday that is just going to be a final and before this weekend if city won all their matches including the game against arsenal yeah. and arsenal won all their matches apart from the game against man city yeah city would win on goal difference yeah but now they've dropped points arsenal needs to win against manchester city and win every single remaining match of this season exactly to win the title and we spoke about tottenham being like dortmund is this a case of arsenal not really knowing what to do in that situation being a sort of dortmund light i can't believe it's not borussia dortmund i mean it's funny you say that because we did have an episode i want to say you know beginning of the year right after the world cup break or it was right before the world cup break I, one of the two where we said um i was right after because arsenal were you know 58 points on 58 points and city were on like 50 or something and then they bottled it almost to the point where they where they lost the lead of the league and then through some miracle with city dropping points Arsenal managed to get themselves at least three points clear and then all, all of a sudden six points clear because of the game in hand. Um, so it's already been there once that we had this topic of, of conversation and we both said, Arsenal, that project is growing. They're a young team. They're managing to get their playing style together and they're managing to string together good performances. But we did say it might just be that one little speck of experience that is missing from that squad which is why they don't know exactly how to deal with the situation they're in would you agree yeah i would and it, look take nothing away from what Mikel arteta and arsenal done because it's been fantastic for a large majority of the season they ground results out you look at that bournemouth one with reese nelson what was it 97th minute winner or something like that yeah yeah those are the goals you need and Look, next season they'll come back with probably a better squad. At least more experience. Uh, with more experience. Yeah. So, you know, if they don't win it this season, they don't write them off next season either. Probably title no. contender is number one with City next season, if we're being honest. And I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Uh, I think so too, Bill. And as always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to AT Sports News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you can also check out the promos of the latest episodes as well as breaking news on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also make sure to check out the meltdown of Bayern, specifically the managerial change, which will be a nice little tee-up uh, if you missed some of the background information for this episode. Um, and those 
Episodes are always to be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Podcasts. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm and love the beautiful game.